My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. why why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday you already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent you already know that next level results require next level effort period but why is today different than any other day what's your why how are you going to get to the next level see most of you want to make it to the promised land of success but aren't willing to make the sacrifices let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up for this moment right here. Today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber. To improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. What's going on, folks? Shabor again, Dr. John Thomas, back in the building, episode 84 of the Be More Today show. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building, and folks, 84 episodes. We're continuing to trend up. Like I said before, Be More Today is a movement. Uh, if you know about us, we're everywhere, Facebook and Instagram. Join our Be More Today Facebook group. We are talking about health and wellness every single week on there. So if you're on Facebook, join our group and be inspired and the Be More Today fitness page is on Strava and it's growing. So if you run, if you bike, if you swim, go on Strava, join our group, Be More Today, and be a part of the movement. And as always, the BeMoreToday.com page has my book, uh, our pocket information, our music information, our swag store, more swag to open for the winter season. We got hoodies, we got hats. We're doing everything Be More Today related. Now, YouTube page continues to grow. Uh, so if you're on YouTube, be More Today is on there with all of our workouts. All these podcasts are on there every single week and more inspiration for, to keep you always on the move. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Right now we are heard in 46 countries and we're trending, trending, trending forward. And this year um, we had a challenge in January and we're going to do another challenge January 1st of 2022. Be More Today 40 day challenge. 40 days, 40 minutes of working out. That's what we're asking everybody to do. 40 days. 40 minutes of anything. It can be running, jumping, swimming, whatever you do, right? CrossFit, whatever it is, just 40 minutes, 40 days, 
uh, starting January 1st. So you see more information about that very, 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 very soon. My quote for today is simple as always. Your competition isn't other people. It's your procrastination. It's the knowledge you neglect. Compete against that. Conquer yourself. This is about discipline. Um, now that the season is over for many things, right? All the major running events and even like the Spartan events and OCRs, those are all done for a minute. And now we're moving towards a small season of rest and recovery. Um, it's even more important to maintain what you have, right? I think a lot of people get really focused on pushing, pushing, pushing to get to these races and get these things done. And then when they're done, you know, our adrenaline junkies say, oh, we did it. And then you rest. And then some people just really fall off, right? The holidays come in, the turkey comes in, Christmas right behind that, and all the other holidays come through, New Year's, and it's just party central. And then we all talk about, oh, I want to do stuff for January, but you want to really plan for January now. You want to kind of maintain what you have now so that you walk into the new year in stride, not walking into the new year trying to hop into it. So, you know, I employ each of you and encourage each of you to continue to keep doing what you're doing. I'm not saying you have to go as hard as you've been going, but just maintain. If you've been training for marathons all year and doing CrossFit and whatever else all year, maintain that. You know, you can kind of do a cross training thing where you're doing different things to maintain your stability, your mobility, et cetera. But don't lose all the work you put into that thing. Discipline is hard when you fall off the wagon. I think that the hardest thing for us as people, um, especially as you've seen in the last 18 months, is recognizing that competition, um, it's there, right? Procrastination creeps in. And when we stop that momentum, it's sometimes hard to hop back on the bandwagon. So let's just keep pushing forward and making sure that we use this time wisely to rest and recover but recognize that 2022 is right around the corner. And folks, I have someone on the show today who is the epitome of discipline. Uh, she is disciplined in all facets of her life, from fitness to her professional career. And I've seen her on social media doing so many things. She's actually a great friend of mine who I haven't connected with in years. So I'm happy to have her on the Viewer Today show. And her name is Lovey. Now, Lovey is so many things. Uh, she's a politician, she's an ed educator as well as a producer and a storyteller. And after graduating from Bowdoin College and teaching for years, she attended Harvard University and earned her master's degree in education. While raising her children in Exeter, New Hampshire, she became more politically active as well and elected to sit on the SAU 16 Budget Advisory Committee. Additionally, Levy coaches girls squash and tennis at Phil's Exeter Academy while continuing to play and compete in adult leagues. Her passion for the arts, education, and health and wellness and enhancement of power for underserved populations keeps her very, very busy. In March of 2020, Levy was elected as the first African-American woman to the Exeter Select Board. The five members of the Select Board serve as the governing body for the town, and each member serves a staggered three-year term. Incredible. In addition to serving on the Exeter Select Board, Lovey manages, produces, and hosts her own podcast series called The Podcast System. Lovey and her guests tackle the inequalities faced by Blacks, Browns, the unseen, and underserved. She dissects current affairs, politics, pop culture, and everything in between, laced with a heavy touch of comedy and sarcasm. Lovey's also an active alumni member for both Choke with Mary Hall, Forever True to Golden Blue, and Prep 9. Her extensive expertise at producing events keeps her in contact with educators, patrons, and other alumni. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome <laughs> to the stage my friend and my Forever True to Golden Blue alumni girl, Lovey. Lovey, what is going on? Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel honored to be uh, invited to join you in the conversation. <laughs> I love it. Listen, I've been I've been following you. You've had a podcast longer than I have. And um, <laughs> you've been doing so many amazing things. And it was just a matter of time before I asked you to hopefully be on my show. And I'm glad that you graciously accepted. So welcome to the Be More Today show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, we have a connection at Choate. Um, you were a couple of years uh, older than me in terms of our attendance there. And I actually had a great chance to really observe you um, as an athlete, as a person of color there. It, it was always great to have um, older uh, classmates here who kind of paved the way for you to, to, to get through it. You know, when you're 15, 16, 13, 14, going to high school away from home, um, you look for people who look like you to show you how things are going to get done. 
and you were one of those people for me. So I really do appreciate that. And we never really talked about that because there's never time to talk about anything nowadays. But I <laughs> yeah. appreciated, um, even from afar, your 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 wisdom, your knowledge, your maturity. Um, and it helped me as I became that for others um, during my, my tenure at Church with Mary Hall to recognize that, you know, being here is special. Um, and, and there are so many things that you learn, not just as an educator or as a, as a student, but also as an athlete. And um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about your athletic pursuits um, at Choate and after and how those things helped you in your academia and your professional careers. It's, it's, it's funny that you actually bring this up. The timing is, on, is so perfect. So right now I'm having tryouts for my students and I work at Phillips Exeter Academy, which, you know, we don't have to go into too much because it's a rival school. But so I work there and I have 45 students trying out for 20 positions. Mm. And I can remember being a Choate student trying out for the soccer team and thinking, you know, after thirds and fourths where everyone makes the team. And I was trying out for JV and I'm like, this is my year, I'm gonna do it. And I remember getting cut and thinking, oh man, you know, that that must mean I'm not not good enough. That means I'm not talented enough. And I remember the coaches sitting down and talking to me and saying, listen, this has nothing to do about you as a person. This is a learning opportunity. So take this, learn from it, grow. If you wanna pursue it, there are ways to do it. You know, and so I still remember that day. I still remember my coach, Pat Musto, who is my JV coach, who I actually ran into um, last year at, <laughs> at a school like event. And I remember thinking he's absolutely right. Sometimes things don't fall into your lap the minute that you want them, but if you work for them, you can achieve them. And so I'm in the process of trying to send that message to my students right now and saying, not everyone's going to make the team. We only have 22 spots. But if you're passionate about this sport, I want you to stick with it. I want you to take club squash. I want you to come and hit around with me before and after practice. Continue because it's never too late to really pursue something that you want to excel in. So it's 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 funny that you bring that up because literally this is what I've been thinking about the last couple of days. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I, I forget the the tryout process in general, but I do remember <laughs> I, I I tried it also for uh, soccer, uh, mm-hmm. uh, three four soccer, and I no sorry JV soccer, and I got cut the last day, and I didn't go. I couldn't go to the last practice or the last tryout. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was good enough just to kind of walk on, but they were like, "Yeah, if you, if you can't come, then it can't put you on the team." Right, right. I played, right. I played for you for us, and I, I appreciated it. But yeah, those those experiences, yeah, they they do stick with you, and um, they you said they make you stronger. So it, it must be very interesting now being on the other side, um, like you said, seeing all these young people coming through, recognizing what you went through as an athlete, now seeing them go through those same things, recognizing that you're instilling in them the hope that you know whether they make it or not it's it's bigger than making this team this year it's it's gonna be laying down the foundation for other things in your life that you might not see yet but you know you as a coach know that yeah and it's the messaging it's how you pass that message on especially to young people you know that they can be very vulnerable at that age and I forget because I, I do feel like some of us came into Choate especially from, you know, different cities and other places, a little more mature than others. And so I remember having the guidance of, you know, alums who are older than me who said, you're going to have to be a little bit stronger than other kids. You're going to have to be a little more mature. You don't have the support in different ways, financially speaking, legacy speaking, that some other kids do. So here's what you're going to have to do to succeed. And I remember thinking how important it was to have that message and, and what I'm trying to do as a coach now is share that same, both positivity and self-reflection with, with my students. Because yeah. no, you're not going to get everything you want the second that you want it. But it's how you respond to that, you know, uh, I won't even say rejection. How you respond to something that you aspire for in the moment that you may not achieve. That's the more important thing. How do you respond to it in the aftermath? How do you take that and go forward? So I'm really hoping to see a lot of the students and, you know, you'll have to follow up with me in a week's time once everyone knows how they're doing on the team. But I'm excited to see those who were really interested 
and how they continue to pursue it, even if they don't make the team. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm always curious because, you know, I, I coach a, um, a running club now in, in, in Brooklyn and I don't even know how this happened, but it did happen. <laughs> right. Um, but how did you get involved in coaching in the first place? So interestingly enough, um, like you said, I got my master's degree in education and I was a teacher for a number of years and I know myself, I'm, I love working with students. I love working with kids, but I'm also, I I can't sit in a space for very long. I'm not a stationary, so to speak, person. So teaching in a classroom setting for me in the stereotypical way was not what I wanted to do. I knew that I was missing out on something. And my passion for physical fitness and realizing that, oh, I can still teach, but in this other capacity, that's where I was like, coaching, that that brings me so much joy. And to see the results of the work that I put into my students so quickly is, is self-rewarding. It's rewarding to them. And I, I just found it to be the perfect setup. And it's funny, when you're in grad school and when you're in college and high school, you don't go to the the job fair and they say, we're looking for the next best coach. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, a, a teacher in a classroom. But you don't hear a lot of people say as a career, you can be a motivator, you can be a coach, you can be someone who pushes others to succeed in the things that they're passionate about. So it wasn't until later in life that I realized that is an option. And that's a viable option and an exciting option for me. So I'm I feel like I'm I've received the greatest gift possible in realizing that I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, I, I, I had a soft spot for coaching young people. Um, and I've, I've done mm-hmm. that in, in various other ways in terms of uh, religious endeavors, in terms of mentoring and what have you. But um, the running club that I coach now, the youngest person in that group uh, is 25. And those person in that group is probably in their seventies. So mm-hmm. I'm coaching a whole different um, age bracket that I never knew was going to even be um, on my plate. But I find so much joy in sharing the experiences that I had at Choate, at Brown, whatever else, running, and and seeing these people who might not have ever chosen to be athletes become athletes. In, the, in their latter years, as they've gotten older, gone through other experiences, um, changed jobs, what have you, and decided that, you know what? Life is short. Let me go out there and conquer these things that I didn't get a chance to do when I was younger. Um, so it's a different mindset for me when I see um, this demographic, um, which is different than the demographic you're working with, where people who, you know, sky's the limit, clearly, but there's no right. real <laughs> idea of, like, what's happening, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, because sports is fun for them for my group it's also fun but it's it's, it's more like a a life-changing um choice that they're making to be healthier and live better lives and you know cherish the moment all these different things so it's, it's a very different dynamic but I, it I is think, it is you know, the coach <laughs> and i think the, the appreciation mm-hmm. yeah no go ahead yeah the appreciation the appreciation that adults have especially when they're coming into it later in life i mean yes. it's similar to I started playing squash as an adult. So I started playing squash four years ago. And the passion that I have for playing squash versus the passion I had for other sports when I was younger, vastly different. You know, in school, it felt like, oh, well, you have to do sports because you have to take at least two semesters of athletics at Choder. This, this is completely a choice, you know? And the choice for me is to be fit, to be happy, to be excited about the physical fitness that I do. And and similar to you, I think we connected once over uh, Spartan races because we had run into each other or we were like a day off from each other because we had been on the same Spartan circuit. (laughs) And so it's finding that that place as an adult where you're like, what's going to bring me joy and also bring me health and you know, allow me to enjoy a whole lot thing, a lot more things in life because I feel good, because I feel happy. And so it, it's definitely a different uh, vibe. And I appreciate both, both groups when, when working with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I, I didn't really think about, I guess in hindsight now, looking at Spartan and looking at all those things. I mean, you saying you started playing squat three or four years ago. In my mind, I'm like, that's crazy. You started a whole new sport. But yeah, Spartan is that same thing. You know, we yep. no one grew up doing Spartan stuff. <laughs> no, no. Kid, you know, so yeah, it's that same that same concept of this newness that just revives you. And, you know, I appreciated that. And I don't know if I'm going to do any more. <laughs> maybe but I appreciated that that like burst of newness and that burst of saying no matter how you feel no matter what's happening at your nine to five job this is something that you can escape to and bring you to a place of of instantaneous joy and accomplishment and focus for why you're working out not just because you want to work out but because there's something happening in six weeks or in four weeks in this place and it just gives you those vibes of, you know, when you were traveling, probably at Chota or wherever else, going to a certain game, you know, going into a car and carpooling with your, with your friends and family, that same vibe of this is a team. We're going to go out there and do this thing. So, yeah, that's why I did it for sure. And I really appreciate those things. And clearly we, we shared that that moment as well. So, yeah, it's that yeah. thing that we really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I, I know you give back to your community in various ways, as I do when it comes to coaching and and and, and sharing what you've learned. Um, I'm always curious what inspires people to do that because you know a number of people do nine to fives and they go home and they they don't give back they 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 take their own time they do their own thing they're very insular but there are some in this world who do take time to give back to their communities in various ways and you've been doing that not just in terms of your athletics but also in terms of um, the political aspects in your country in your in your town in your in your county uh, the educational aspects and relationships you have with with your school and your environment and your kids what inspires you to give back to your community so much I'll be honest I I feel very blessed and very lucky for all the things that have come to me in life you know I was part of a program called prep nine that thousands of kids could have had an opportunity to take part in and I was chosen and because of that that got me to choke then that got me to Bowdoin that got me to Harvard and in that space, I got to meet all of these wonderful people who opened what they had in their world to me, you know, experiences to travel abroad, uh, summer jobs at places that I thought I would never have access to. And, you know, my mother comes from Haiti and my father's from the South. And so their backgrounds didn't see all of the things that I had access to. And so it just, it feels like a natural progression that if I receive these things, it, it, it would feel wrong for me not to want to share the, that with others too. You know, I remember what it was like to be a choke my freshman year and something as small as my birthday would come around. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not home with my family. And to know that there was a faculty member on campus who checked in with me and said, oh, do you, you know, do you need anything today? Cause I know it's Sunday and most people are off campus and can I get you lunch? You know, it's just, Small things like that, sometimes people don't realize how much of a difference they can make. Yeah. And so for me, because I have the ability to and I have the time and the space in my life, I love to, I love to take part in that. And so in education, that's why I joined the SAU Advisory Committee, because I wanted to make sure that our school system was doing all it could for all students. Mm. You know, and if you let only a certain subsection of people sit on committees who all of the same mindset, who all of the same status, who are all of the same socioeconomic wealth, then you're doing a disservice to the others. So it's, I always feel like it's my job to be that voice of, hey, did you think about? Hey, are you considering? Don't forget that we also have these other folks who live in town. And so that I feel like is my role when I sit on committees and when I join the, the select, select board for our town is to make sure that they're always asking questions about what about everyone else? Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Um, I really am impressed by that. And, you know, we're slowly getting involved in our school community as well. We have a six-year-old and my wife is leaders of the parent association. So we're all involved in that early on. Um, and, you know, it's interesting looking at the, the 
demographics of you know schools, especially in towns like yours and even in here in Brooklyn, um, especially for the private school section. And we've had a couple of people who have been part of Prep Nine on the show before, and haven't talked extensively about what Prep Nine is, but we have mm-hmm. talked about the, the 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 program and how it does enhance and and give opportunities for others to um, experience other schools like like Cho and Andover, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious from your perspective. You know. Um, you mentioned in your bio the enhancement of power for underserved populations. And, you know, for many, when it comes to athletics, um, coming out of certain situations, certain environments, um, whether they be urban or otherwise, um, people look for athletics as a ticket. Um, mm-hmm. And some people make it in terms of getting scholarships and, and even on to other professional careers, and some don't. Um, but for the ones who do or don't, there's always been this underlying concept of more than an athlete that I'm, I'm sure you've heard in various capacities, right? When athletes mm-hmm. talk about um, doing things on the court or on the field and doing things outside of their community. Um, right. Ron James comes to mind as one of them clearly as he's done a lot for his community and also uh, for his team throughout the years. Um, but media has done a, a very interesting job of, um, even in today's society, right? Even though we've gone through so many things and seen so much progress um, you know, people still talking about the hair of African right. females when they're playing basketball or um, referring to certain African-American guys playing basketball as thugs or what have you, or they're actually right. different, right? We talk about quarterbacks, whether they're black or white, being either smart or athletic, you know, based mm-hmm. on their skin color. So, you know, we have all these things that are still prevalent and still prominent in our society, Um how is it possible and where do we go, you know, as people who continue to um, showcase athletics as a, as a positive, right? As something that you can get into and it can enhance all these different as- aspects of your life, yet there are still all these negatives that, that people bring to the table when it comes to athletics. I mean, even when we talk about like distance running, right? There, there are so yeah. many distance running groups in, in New York City, um, Black Men Run, Black Women Run, Harlem Run, all these different groups, mm-hmm. Weba, right? And you know, there are others as well that are not people of color or are, are predominantly not people um, who come from uh, uh, colored backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at people of color running these distances and saying, that's not what you guys do. And this is outside of your comfort zone. It's outside of your <laughs> spectrum. You know, why are you guys doing this? And it's just interesting that even though athleticism is so universal, in certain aspects, it can be so insular. So, you know, what, what are your thoughts on all of these topics, if any? And I uh, mean, yeah, I you're, you're, you're talking to a black female squash player. Yeah. Okay. So if, if, if you understand what the squash world looks like, at least within the United States and Europe, it is a very white sport. And by white, I mean white. And I remember the first time that I stepped onto a court for a match with someone, people were like, oh, are you part of that program? They assumed that I was part of, because there are programs in a lot of different cities like Chicago, Boston, New York, street squash, squash busters in in Boston, Metro squash in, in Chicago, where they take students of color. And it's a joint academic and athletic program where they help students academically and also teach them how to play squash. So, of course, the first assumption was, well, you're Black, so you must be part of one of these programs, right? Which is like the prep for prep version of, oh, you go to boarding school, so you must right. come from <laughs> some right. academic program. And I immediately realized, like, oh, you guys are really not used to seeing anyone who doesn't look like you on the squash courts. And I can tell you're not quite, you, you haven't quite figured out what to make of it. <laughs> like, and you're not sure are you comfortable with it? Is it out of your comfort zone? So it's, it's so interesting to see, and you're right. I mean, it's 2021 and people are still putting sports in silos as if like, well, that's the neighborhood you come from. So you're not allowed to do that. You know, had it not been for Arthur Ashe and the Williams sisters and, you know, tennis would still seem like, oh, you guys can't play tennis, right? That's not a sport for you. Or So it's really interesting that all this time we are still held back in that capacity. And so what I try to do, and, and it's, you know, when I go to squash events, like I'm very much like, 
I'm lovey. I play squash. Squash is for everyone. You know, it doesn't matter what you look like. You can learn at any age and it should not be a restrictive sport because historically speaking, it has been. Mm. So one of the things that I'm actively doing right now is working at Exeter. I'm trying to start a squash club, which is all fingers crossed COVID stay calm. We're going to start this winter and it's opening up the courts that have typically been closed off to the community to others. So now we can open up the courts to people who typically wouldn't have access to squash. And what you're going to find is in a lot of other sports that then opened up to communities at large is anybody can play. Yeah. And not only anybody can play, but there are going to be some really good players yeah. in communities that you otherwise would have never looked into to be on the squash courts, you know? And so for me, that's kind of, it's funny that you brought that up because that's really a huge thing for me. Like I, I want to see as many different people on the squash courts as possible. I want to see people who can beat me on the squash courts because the better people who are out there playing, the better I get, you know, the better the competition, it, it brings my game up. So seeing closed doors and seeing assumptions about folks and, and that also comes with sizeism and, you know, sexism, Women are going to beat some men on the courts. Men are going to beat some women on the courts. They're going to be players who don't look like, you know, long distance runners who are going to beat people because they have certain skill sets. So I love that I play a sport where you can't judge a book by its cover truly. And so I want to see more of that. And I hope to see more of that in all of the different sports. Like I used to be part of black girls run Boston and it's true, you know, you go running out in a group and everyone's like, oh, are you guys, is this for a special event? It's like, no, oh, it's Sunday. <laughs> we're running. That's what we, you know, it's early in the morning and we're running. That's what athletes do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so funny. It's so funny. People literally like sometimes do a double take. And um, I usually get more looks when I'm upstate at my mom's house. Uh, yeah. You know, it, that's just a verb. So when they see this tall black guy running around five in the morning, it's dark outside. <laughs> right. They, they're like, wait, what is that? And you're like, I'm a runner. Yeah, that's what am, we do. We runner. leave early because I'm yeah. going to be out here for a while. <laughs> like... It's just, it's still funny. It always gets, gets me still, but I do appreciate it. And, you know, I love the fact that you're showcasing and sharing like, an, an entire sport. Um, with the community that can really benefit from it. You know, I, I ski, and I, I don't know if you ski as well, but, um, you know, snowboard, <laughs> right. So you know, my entire life, you know, people in my circle have always been like, Oh, you're black and you ski. How's that possible? How do you, I don't know. I, I grew up skiing. It's something that I grew up doing, you know, and everyone says, well, we don't do this. No, we do do this. People can do these things. And I think the more exposure to it, you know, to my daughter skiing for the first time, uh, two years ago and she loved it um she was petrified but, but she loved it and you know I'm, I'm hoping just like you said just to continue to expose as many people who are not affiliated and accustomed to these things with it because there's so much growth and uh happiness and development that can come with exposure and you never know who can be the next Serena or the next Venus or you know just by exposing them to these things at an early age so I'm glad you're doing that in your community and I hope you continue to do so. That's great. And this, and the same with you. I think, you know, individuals like ourselves who are out in the public, who people see, I'm never bashful about saying, Hey, I tried this thing. It was so much fun. I was really good at it. Hey, I tried this thing. Yeah. Apparently I'm not very good at it, you know, but it's, it's letting everyone know that you don't have to feel restricted by the boundaries that the world has put around you. You know, you were bound by only what you set up for yourself. Right. So I wanted to do a sprint triathlon. I signed up and I was like, I should probably take swimming lessons because I'm not that strong of a swimmer. So I learned how to swim three months beforehand because I was like, I want to do it. I haven't seen anyone else that I know personally do it. And I think it would be fun to challenge myself. And so it's life is too short not to live it up. You know, and uh, 
We were cut from the same thread. I was just talking, <laughs> I was just talking literally two days ago to someone who's like, I want to sign up for a try. And I've been saying try for the longest time. Um, and I know I can run, I can bike, but I know that the swim is the issue, especially in open water. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I made a vow to myself at 2022, I'm going to take lessons to get ready for that triathlon as well. So and it's going to be a sprint. It's not going to be a full one, but, um, yeah, I did a sprint. I did yeah, a sprint. I did a sprint. Yeah, <laughs> start there. Um, but yeah, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, the, the mere fact that you are continuing to push your own personal limit. I think that inspires those who are with you and around you to also do the same. I mean, that, that's how we started doing Spartan. Spartan was, if you look at the Spartan demographic, there are not a lot of people of color who have these Spartan races. You know, it's, it's a whole culture by itself. So when you see a whole bunch of brown people on a mountain in- It's inspiring. In, 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 <laughs> in Vermont, you know, it's like, this, how, how'd y'all get here? How'd y'all get here? It is very, very interesting and cool because it just opens up the door for so much more um, conversation and, and, and growth that, that we as people of color can really do anything. And I love yes. it. I love that stuff. Yep. I love that stuff. So I appreciate you. Listen, I know that, um, you know, you're, you're a, a number of things, um, politician, educator, fitness enthusiast. Um, but I know that, you know, you, you see a number of the disparities when it comes to not just the, the health and wealth of our people, but also in terms of school systems, um, mental health, emotional health, right? When it comes to our kids and even our, our older um, people of color, um, what are some of the things that, you know, in, in your other realms in terms of, of wellness, right? Um, mm -hmm. That you're tackling now in terms of education and in terms of politics. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, and it's interesting what COVID and the last year opened the doors to is, is the reality that we need to mesh education, mental health and physical health all together. You know, they can't be sectioned off. And I think living in the community that I live in right now in Exeter, you find that there's very much the haves and the have nots. So those who do have the financial means have access to the schools, they have access to the mental health, they have access to the physical health, you know, kids who are in soccer camps, kids who are receiving services in addition to what they're receiving at school. And so one of the things that I brought up when COVID hit was the importance that our town look at how do we become more equitable? How do we become more um, cognizant of those who don't have? There are children in our town who attend public school and then go home, but aren't able to receive services that they should be receiving. How do we educate those parents? How do we educate the school to figure out who's in need? Because like I said, when you build every, you know, you build one person, you build everyone up. It's, it's you raising the bar for everyone. And so I think it's a responsibility for politicians, for educators, for anyone in any leadership role to actively think about if this is something that you would do for your own child, how do you make that accessible to other kids? Absolutely. If this is something that you would make accessible to your own parent in terms of, you know, them getting older and becoming elderly, how do you make that also accessible to your neighbor's parent or grandparent? That's the kind of world that we should be living in. It shouldn't be well, I'm doing this for me and this is my, my country and my way and my only way. It's like, eh, I hear you. <laughs> but if it's just about you, then how do you live in a community that you feel happy about, comfortable in? What are you doing to make sure that others are as well taken care of as you are? So, you know, it's, it's, that's a big answer <laughs> to yeah. the question, but I think we have to, as a country, as a community, as communities, start really changing how we look at things. It can't just be side A versus side B, or one person needs this, another person needs this. We all need to be better, and we all need to do for each other in all of the areas, academia, mm -hmm. mental health, physical health. Like There should be more 
YMCAs and access to physical fitness for those who can't afford a lifetime fitness gym membership or, you know, public parks should be taken care of on a more frequent basis. So there are places that kids want to go to and work out in that adults can have access to put some pull-up bars in places like, you know, outdoor tracks in, in different communities. Like sometimes it's not, it's, it's not that much, but you just think, how can we make things better for everyone? Yeah. But Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I think it's, I think you're in a great position to effectuate change. And I think that uh, you've been bringing those, I'm sure you've been bringing those topics to your people, uh, especially in that environment of the world. So, you know, kudos to you just for taking a stand and, and being the voice for those who, like you said, you're the first African-American woman to be selected to that position, to be able to bring a different perspective to that table and to really mm-hmm. show that, this is bigger than what you guys may have been looking at for the last couple of years, slash months, slash decades. Uh, this is this is a bigger thing that we can really change, not just for you know the, the future of now, but for the future of you know 10, 20 years from now. You know, our kids can can uh, grow up in a different environment where they have more access to things than than people before them would have had access to. And that's that's the goal, right? That we can make this place a better place. So when we leave, you know, our kids can say, they do want to be here. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a, there's a fear that sometimes comes over me when I think about, you know, what's going to happen for our kids, you know, yes. when, when we're away, because so many things just go awry and are just so different. And it seemed like we live in an easier time growing up. Um, it, in some respects it did. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we were in high school, like I, <laughs> the things that worried me, was, I, I think back and I'm like, Oh you know, it's school meeting day. Like what color (laughs) shirt am I going to wear? Cause I'm sitting on stage. Like literally, I think that was like my big concern of the week, you know, like, Oh, I can't be late. It's burger day. Like I, (laughs) I don't remember having some of the same issues that I see my kids, you know, my son turned, he's turning 13 today. It's his birthday. And thank you. And it's like, this fear of like, I have a teenager. Oh my gosh. The world that these teenagers are inheriting is somewhat frightening. Yeah. You know, the presidents that were around when we were growing up, you know, I won't get into the details, but the the, the drama in which they, they brought was nowhere near what my kids experienced with Trump. So I'm like, Oh gosh, very different, very different. Even my daughter, this week alone mentioned two big topics to us, and this is a weekly occurrence. Uh, the question of does God exist? Because mm. someone in her class said that he doesn't. Wow. You're like, well, well everyone has their opinion to that thing, of course. And the other one was, and has been this ongoing thing about uh, skin color. Yeah. And um, people saying that, not in her class per se, but just the concept of, kids recognizing that their skin colors are different and that certain people can't play with other people of yeah. certain, certain skin colors. And when, when she first brought the concept up to us, we were like, yo, wait, what you're five. Like, what? Right, like who's talking about this at five? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. But I recognize that, you know, these kids and our kids are going to be more progressive in terms of knowing the issues because these issues are just more prominent now than they have been when we were growing up. So yeah. it's just different. And hopefully in a lot of good ways. I'm, I'm hoping because on the plus, I will say that the topics that my kids have with my dad, you know, it's, it's mind blowing yeah. things that I also never even thought I would have conversations with my father about because, you know, he's from the South and old school. And now listening to him be able to talk to them about things where, you know, I'm like, oh, you guys actually know about that. You guys can talk about, you know, transgender. And, and I, I don't need, I, I could have never had a conversation like that with my dad at, you know, 12, <laughs> let alone right. 11. So, right. so there is a part of me that's like, okay, it's not all bad, but gosh, yeah. I do want some more flowers in their life. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize how many similarities we have, love, between our families. My dad's also from the South. And my mm-hmm. mom's side is from um, St. Kitts, Nevis, yeah. Barbados. So um, 
and we have biracial children clearly yep yeah we do right so it's it's like the multi-faceted like thanksgiving we're gonna eat you know stereotypical stuffing but also have brio (laughs) and then then it's like hanukkah and christmas (laughs) and like yeah there's a lot happening it's beautiful it's beautiful i'm sure you talk about a lot of these things also on your own podcast, uh, the podcast system. Talk to listeners about what your podcast, the podcast system is all about. So a lot of what we talk about is some of the stuff that we were just talking about today. You know, the issues that that come up in the world, hot topics when it comes to politicians, what they should and should not do, historical pieces. Um, One of the big ones last year is we talked about uh, Juneteenth and educating people about what Juneteenth was, is, and should be, and how it should be recognized. So like you, bringing on different guests who have uh, perspectives that can be and should be shared with the world at large. And and so it's it's really wonderful because we've also had a couple of guests that have overlapped that I was excited to see on your show. And so I invited them to my show. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a the podcast world, so to speak, is a great way of disseminating information that I think a lot of people would not have access to otherwise. And so I've been really appreciative of having that platform and that stage to do so and to, to join you and others on, on their stages to, to share the words that hopefully make a difference to others. Yeah, well, you're definitely doing that. And, you know, I appreciate it. And, you know, I follow your show and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. The work you put into it, as we mentioned before, if you're a podcaster at all, you know it's labor of love, but it really <laughs> is a lot of fun and very rewarding to meet so many people like yourself who are, again, doing extraordinary things in their community. And um, that's been my whole focus would be more today, just to really highlight fitness, health, and wellness, and just to showcase people who have amazing stories, who are just being more um, and doing extraordinary things. And, you know, Lovey, you're the 84th person uh, on this show. Um, and I've asked every single guest on the show what be more say means to them, and you are right next in line. So when you hear the <laughs> phrase "be more today," what does that phrase mean to you? It means everything. It's it's literally the phrase. It's the the aura, so to speak, of what I wake up every morning thinking. Today is a new day to be better. Today is a new day to learn more. Today is a new day to try again. So I think that motto, that phrase is something that everyone should carry with them. Because yesterday is yesterday and you can learn from it and you can be more today. You know, you can do more and you can take that and go forward with it. So I I do hope that people listen to the message that you're sharing and read your book and listen to the podcast and join your workouts because they are inspiring. And, you know, although I'm in New Hampshire, from afar I sit and I watch and I admire what you're doing. And I know that you are helping so many on a daily basis with the work that you're doing. So, oh. you know, I hope that there are others who who latch on and, and understand the importance of being more today. So kudos mm-hmm. to you, big time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That 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 is well received. Um, so Levy, what's just, next for you? You do so many <laughs> things, right? You're an <laughs> educator, fitness enthusiast. You're doing so many things in your community. You're working out, you're coaching, you're playing. What's next for you for 2022? I'm I'm excited right now to continue the work that I'm doing in the squash world. And I'm excited to bring more women, more people of color to the world of squash. Because I think for me, it brought me so much joy in ways, just a multitude of ways, you know, for runners who are like, it's euphoric, you, you go on a run and you just feel like this whole new burst of energy. Like that's what playing squash does for me. Mm. And I know it may not seem to others like much if they don't understand it, but when you, when you can teach people, whether it's squash or something else to find your passion, then, then that's it. You know, like everything else feels better, tastes better, looks better. Like the world brightens up in a whole lot of ways. And so I'm going to continue seeing things on the bright front (laughs) as long as I can. And and I'm going to enjoy the ride. Awesome. Awesome. Lovely. Where can people find you on uh, social media or your podcast, um, social media or otherwise? 
So I can be found um, if you go to Apple Podcasts, just look for Podcast System with Lovey. That's podcast with an E as in the cast system. Um, you can also find me, Lovey's Fitness, on Instagram, where you can follow the <laughs> trials and tribulations of my life and being a parent and being into the fitness world and also a fashionista, well, self-described fashionista. Um, and in general, you know, probably running around Choate's campus coming this spring because <laughs> it's our 25th reunion. I can't believe I'm, I can't believe it's my 20, 25 years and I am forever true to gold and blue. I know, you know, it's, People don't understand the the love <laughs> until they hear me talk about Choate. But that place, that place made me who I am today, truly. Yeah, uh, super exciting. Well, I'm excited for you and the reunion. Um, I wish you the best for all you're doing. You're doing, again, amazing things in your community. And yeah, folks, if you haven't checked it out, go on and check out the podcast system. Her podcast is awesome uh hilarious in nature <laughs> and so on point every single week so go on there and follow her love it thank you so much for being a guest on this show you've been episode 84 one for the books i really really appreciate it thank you thank you sean i appreciate it too have no, an amazing one no problem folks don't forget the quotation your competition isn't other people it's your procrastination it's the knowledge you neglect compete against that conquer yourself this is about discipline Lovey talked about a lot of things. She talked about going out there and trying new things, um, going out there and making sure that you can use what you put on the court or on the field to your advantage in life. And, you know, recognizing that we as people, uh, whether you're of uh, Afro-Caribbean descent or not, um, have the amazing ability just to be able to still eat, live, breathe, walk, talk. So make sure that you take this time seriously and not for granted and go out there and be the best version of you. Uh, discipline is something that we all can do. Um, and as we go into the next year, because this year is almost over, folks, 2022 is going to be great for all of us to go out there and just do great things. So you want to start a new sport? You want to play squash? Talk to Lovey. You want to hop on the ski slopes and go out there, or even the Spartan race? Go out there and do it. Marathon 2022, go out there and do it. There are no limits what you guys can do. Just recognize that you have the ability, get the discipline, stop procrastinating, unless push forward together as always we want today is everywhere you can check out our site today.com for again my book um, our swag store is open as always go out there and check out those things and the podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms and on youtube if you want to send me any thoughts or connect with love individually you can email me directly at dr sean at be as i always say folks have a good day have a good night have a great life and continue to take your steps of greatness to be the best version of you See you next week.